Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Be Bold America. I'm your host, Jill Cody. Be Bold America is a live bi-weekly talk show for those who are motivated to step out with the bold actions necessary to reunite this country, fight for democracy, and learn what they can keep doing, stop doing, and start doing to reclaim our democratic republic. Our future depends on it. Our program today is a Democrat and Republican talk, number one, building trust and finding common ground. This is going to be a very special and unique show today. The profound division between American and fellow American is not sustainable. As Abraham Lincoln warned, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. Are we destroying ourselves from the inside out? In my view, we have already come a long way in doing so. Since our country's founding, we've had division, debate, and struggles. But what we're experiencing now is agonizingly different. Today's show is the beginning of an experiment. Can a lifelong Democrat and a lifelong Republican talk about the issues creating the chasm? In other words, can we discuss together the pronounced difference of opinions, interests, and loyalties between the two parties. I am delighted to say that maybe, just maybe, it is possible. And I'm honored that Kristen Collishaw, a lifelong Republican and the current chair of the Santa Cruz County Republican Central Committee, has agreed to step out and join me in a series of talks on the issues that divide and confound us about the other party. The second talk will be on Sunday, August 30th. As civil rights icon John Lewis, who passed away last Friday, would say, we're going to make good trouble. But to help us get into that good trouble will be Andrew Hanauer, who is the president and CEO of the One America Movement. Andrew has been kind enough to agree to moderate Kristen and my discussion today. We have big things to do. First, it's my pleasure to welcome to Be Bold America, Kristen Collishaw. Kristen is the chair of the Santa Cruz County Republican Central Committee and who has lived in Santa Cruz for 18 years, where she and her husband raised three children. She was brought up in a household where politics and local issues were often discussed and differing opinions encouraged and respected. Her family knew that understanding both sides of an issue were important for a successful country, and this kept the conversations lively and interesting. A strong belief in America and all the opportunities that are part of this country have led her to be a lifelong conservative. Kristen, it is very cool to talk to you today, and a big welcome to Be Bold America to you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm absolutely honored to be on this talk with you and and optimistic. Oh, great. It's an honor to have you. And just quickly, did I miss anything on the introduction that you would have liked um, to say or add? I think you did it. Thank you. Okay. That's me. Cool. It is also my pleasure and honor to welcome Andrew Hanauer, President and CEO of the One America Movement. This is an organization founded by faith and community leaders to address divisiveness in American society. Under Andrew's leadership, One America has launched projects that bring Americans together across religious, 
racial, and political divides to address race relations, opioids, poverty, homelessness, and many other issues through One America chapters across the country. Welcome to Be Bold America, Andy, and thank you for volunteering to moderate our conversation. And Andy, before we get started, I wanted you to know I'm wearing the One America t-shirt you sent me a few years ago, <laughs> where it says on the back, rebuild our country, repair our world together. So a big welcome to you. Thank you, Jill. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for wearing the t-shirt. I think it's... Uh... Even cooler when we can wear it on TV, but but I'll take radio, um, and uh, I'm really honored to be here with you and, and Kristen with you as well. Wonderful. Well, I normally wear the KSQD t-shirt every time I'm in the studio, but this time I made an exception just for you. Thank you. Andy, one America's uh, conversation guide states that conversations should be grounded in the goal to teach ourselves about each other, not to debate or change minds. Would you please explain what that means after you tell us a little bit about One America Movement, and then you can get uh, Kristen and, and me jump-started. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And again, thanks so much for having me on. As a, um, a native Northern Californian uh, living in exile on the East Coast, uh, I just want to say hi to everyone in Northern California. I miss you all. It's 108 degrees at the heat index where I am right now, so um, I'm guessing that's not the temperature in Santa Cruz where right now. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the uh, the Washington D.C. area, and it's 108. Um, it's 70 here. It's yeah, it's it's not good. Um, but but thanks again for having me on. You know, One America is a national organization um, uh, committed to fighting what we call toxic polarization in the United States. Um, you know, we are very concerned about our divisions not being about uh, issues so much as as they have morphed into this sort of us versus them identity battle, and that's really what our, our work is designed to, uh, to counter. Um, and we, you know, we do that in a number of different ways. We, we often work with religious communities, um, but one thing I think is really important is that we are not a movement of centrists. We are a movement of Americans uh, of all perspectives um, who are committed to this country and to, to our shared future, who are committed to the idea that we have a shared future together, that there's no shortcut uh, around the fact that we all live in this country together. Um, and we uh, we need to figure this out uh, for all of our sakes. Um, and I think as we go through the program today, one of the cool things that we're really lucky to be able to do is work with uh, really, really smart neuroscientists, social scientists, experts, um, people who have resolved conflict uh, in even war-torn countries, um, to, to understand the, the really cool and interesting neuroscience behind our divisions. Why? What's going on in our brains when we hear facts that we don't like? Uh, or we hear political opinions we disagree with. Um, and what is it that, that makes us want to form into these us for stem groups and then puts those groups into conflict with each other? So as we go through our conversation today, um, we'll try to share a little bit of that neuroscience just to, to help folks understand maybe their own reactions to, uh, to whether it's to your uncle at Thanksgiving or to the person you see on TV um, uh, who you disagree with. That's wonderful. And then also... Um to talk more a little bit about teaching ourselves about each other and not to debate or change minds, there must be some neuroscience behind that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that we hear a lot about is, is the word civility, right? And I think civility is, is better than the alternative. But this idea that we're going to reduce our divisions by having polite debates with someone we disagree with, there's a lot of problems with that concept. 
Um, that's why our work is so grounded in this idea of doing things together. Um, so one of the things that happens when you have a debate about politics where you say, I'm a, I'm a this and you're a that, and we're going to go back and forth, is that you're just activating the part of your brain that affiliates with that side. Um, and so if, if our goal is to, to debate and change the other person's mind, um, we're running up against a lot of science that says, first of all, you're not going to change their mind, not with facts, not with uh, talking points. Um, but second of all, it's just sort of affirming that division that you're on that side of the line and I'm on this side of the line. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is build connection. We want to build relationship across those divides. The, the goal is to be able to say, I'm a Democrat, you're a Republican, but we both care about X or we're both part of Y. Um, and so as we have this conversation today, our goal is not to, um, to convert anyone's beliefs um, but rather to begin to build that connection, that trust that allows uh, the two of you and, and I think the listeners as well to feel like they're part of a, a, a group, part of a team that wants to see this country go in the right direction. Mm, thank you. Well, let's get started. Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say, um, you know, there's a, there's a number of things that we can talk about in terms of, of ground rules and if that, if that works to sort of begin that way. Um, and then we'll get into the, uh, the conversation topics themselves. Um, and so I want to just share uh, a few ground rules, and with those ground rules, a little bit of the, the, the science behind why these ground rules exist. Um, the first one is, is to just come in with an open mind, um, uh, be open to new ideas, and be open to the possibility um, that you might learn and grow from, from the conversation. I think so often we assume that the only thing that we can get out of the conversation is to convince the other person that we're right. Um, But the thing I like to ask folks to do is just to close your eyes just for a second and ask yourself, or or excuse me, say to yourself in your head, of all the 7 billion people on earth, I am the most right about everything I believe. And if that statement seems okay to you, this is probably not the show for you. Um, If that statement seems a little narcissistic, um, then then you are in the right place because uh, we all have something to learn uh, from someone else. Um, the second uh, uh, ground rule is, is to prepare to be surprised. You know, one of the things that science teaches us about Democrats and Republicans in America is that they are uh, extremely bad at, at guessing the actual beliefs and viewpoints of people in the other party. So, for instance, our positions on immigration are half as far apart uh, as we think they are. Um, and that has real consequences, right? If we think that we're so far apart that there's no point to talk, then there's no point in talking, and the only solution is to just defeat the other side. But if we realize that actually we're much closer uh, in, in our perspectives, then there's a reason to engage, a reason to talk. So expect to be surprised because what you think the other person's beliefs are is probably wrong. Um, and then uh, we're going to do two more. So one is... Um, you know, come in and ask questions, not, not gotcha questions, right? As we talk about these issues, um, as you guys ask each other questions, the goal is to ask questions that actually allow you to better understand the other person's perspective. So um, we've all done that thing, right, where you're talking, or you're having a conversation and you, you're listening, but you're not really listening. You're just waiting for the other person to finish talking so you can say what you want to say in your head. Don't do that. <laughs> um, try to actually <laughs> listen to what the person's saying. Uh, and then uh, ask them a question to better understand something that you don't understand. The last one is um, 
is, I think, my favorite, which is to assume good intentions. I want to ask um, Kristen a question, if I could. Kristen, have you ever been cut off in traffic? Of course. And what did you assume about the person who cut you off? Well, it depends on what mood I'm in, usually. (laughs) If it's really bad, I'm like, I really hope they're in labor and on their way to the hospital or something. Um, But it's not always, you know, it depends on how much traffic there is in this situation, probably. I think that's that you're a kinder person than most. I think most of us, when we get cut off, do not assume that the person is in labor. Um, we usually assume they're they're a jerk, they're selfish, that they just wanted to get ahead in line. Uh, they weren't thinking about anyone but themselves. They're probably they're probably on their cell phone. They're probably distracted. Um, but then um, we ask, well, Kristen, have you ever cut anyone off in traffic? Oh, not intentionally. I hope. <laughs> Unintentionally, probably. And when you did, why do you think it would have been? What was your intention in cutting them off? Probably just to get to where I was going. They had nothing to do with them or, you know, the situation. Yeah. And so we, we have this thing that scientists call motive misattribution. We, we basically believe our side acts out of love and their side acts out of hate. If they cut me off, it's because they're a bad person. If I cut them off, it's I was just, it was a mistake. I didn't mean it. And so as we have this conversation today, um, we, we need to assume good intentions because, again, the, the studies show that we're really wrong about other people's intentions, and we overestimate by far how negative the intentions are of the other group. So those are the ground rules we're going to be using. Well, that's, that, that's a great start. Kristen, go ahead. Oh, that's a fabulous example. I love that. Well, I almost wanted to come to your defense, Kristen. I was thinking, well, their cars have blind spots, and you may not have seen the car in that other lane. (laughs) Um, There are a couple of other ground rules, just to let the listeners know that the three of us work together um, online to come up with uh, these ground rules. And the ones that Andrew uh, talked about are, are very paramount. We... We added a couple more um, for Kristen and myself because, you know, I remember being in those conversations where you thought later, oh, I wish I said that, (laughs) and that you don't answer it as perfectly as you wanted to, and I wanted to say that it's always fine to um, uh, come back on our next conversation if you've thought things through and say, I wish I said this last time so that's uh and and also um that you don't have to answer any question you can just say pass if you're not ready to answer a question i don't want Kristen or myself even to feel um the pressure to have to answer or represent an entire political party in a few minutes you know this is mostly our viewpoints and so we may think about what we've talked about today afterwards and want to add more next time and so i just wanted to want to reiterate that kristen do you have anything that you wanted to add from our ground rules i think one of the ones um i would like to say is at the end of this i want to feel closer to you and andy and hope that our objective of this is to have a good outcome and um I don't know if that needs to be a rule or not, but I think it's that we approach a lot of conversations that way. Um, they'll have a happier outcome. And we need to break, uh, take our first break. You're listening to Be Bold America on KSQD 90.7 FM. 
Many Voices, One Station. Listen worldwide online from ksqd.org homepage or listen to shows later by visiting the KSQD Be Bold America program page or from your favorite podcast platform. I'm your host, Jill Cody. KSQD thanks the following recurring donors who contribute, who, who support our wonderful programs by providing monthly contributions. Rolf Augustine, Sarah Bala, Carson Bischoff, Gail Borkowski, Edda Tyler, and Terry Walker. You inspire us to give our very best here at KSQD 90.7 FM. May you also inspire others to donate on our website, ksqd.org. And back to our program, which our topic today is a Democrat and Republican talk, number one, our first conversation, building trust and finding common ground. And by the way, our second talk together will be on August 30th. Today we're speaking with Kristen Collishaw, chair of the Santa Cruz County Republican Central Committee, and Andy Hanauer, president and CEO of the One America Movement, which is an organization founded to address divisiveness in American society. So back to you, Andy. Thanks, Jill, so much. Appreciate it. You know, when we talk about um, what makes polarization toxic, um, as we get into this conversation, a big part of it is that we, we have these misperceptions about each other and, and they become self-fulfilling prophecies, right? If we believe the other side is motivated by, by, by negative intentions, and again, I'm talking about people here, not, not politicians, not, not national figures, just your neighbors. If we believe they're motivated by negative intentions, uh, why would we want to know anything about them? And so we fall out of relationship. We have our own news sources. They have theirs. We have our own quote-unquote facts. They have theirs until eventually um, we, we see no other solution but, uh, but to defeat them or, or worse. Um, and so one of the things that's so important is just to begin to build that trust, that relationship, as Kristen mentioned a, a few minutes ago. Um, that is the starting point. Total strangers of, of other political parties don't, don't want to hear your talking points or your facts. But someone who you have a trusting relationship with, someone who, who knows that you care about them, uh, with that person, you have a chance to have a meaningful conversation. So what we're going to model for, for all of you right now is just the beginning of that process of just starting to get to, to talk with folks. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys a, a number of uh, questions just to sort of get to know you a little bit and for you to get to know each other. Um, and, uh, and you should feel free after each question, uh, if the other person wants to ask a follow-up question, just to um, sort of get, get more information, better understand. Um, so I want to start with um, a really simple one, and I'll start with you, Jill. Um, why do you want to participate in a conversation with someone of the opposite party? What What is it in your own life or your own experiences that makes you want to be part of that? Well, I think it, through my career, I was a public employee, and um, and I slowly watched our democracy slip away, and it was often through what I viewed as... Uh, decisions that the Republican Party made, uh, saying things like the nine most terrifying words in the English language is I'm here for the government, I, you know, I'm here from the government and I want to help. And the thing is, is I was from the government and I did want to help. And, uh, you know, the, I, I thought that was the very beginning of, of the division in our country by saying, okay, citizens, you can't trust your government. Uh, so I I also had some very close people uh, to, 
to me that were what I call classic Republicans, uh, conservative, um, and yet uh, interested in social uh, programs and helping their other um, Americans. And the Republican Party today just doesn't seem to want to support any program uh, for for the citizens of this country. I can't even think of one program they've even proposed since um, Nixon created the EPA, and now that's trying to be destroyed. So I guess the bottom line for me is I keep saying to myself, well, how can they do that? <laughs> how can they think this way? You know, I'm, I've had these questions um, over time, and now I finally have an opportunity to ask someone these questions. So that's why I want to participate and why I'm passionate about it. Great. Thank you, Jill. Um, Kristen, I'm sure there's uh, lots in there that you are not in agreement with, but I, I'd love for you, if you want to, um, to just ask any follow-up questions that are designed to better understand um, uh, where Jill is coming from, and then we'll ask you the same question we asked her. Yeah. Um, so my biggest question, well, first of all, um, how long were you in, in the public sector? Because I know you also, you had had a great career, <laughs> many careers. Um, how long were you in, in government work? Uh, 30 years. Oh, my goodness. That was a while. <laughs> and then, um, and what? Uh, and I'm sorry, that, that that would be very hard. You're right. If you're a government worker trying to do the right thing, and then all of a sudden you're being made to be afraid of, that would be difficult, I have to say. Um, and then um, what programs, I mean, I understand, you know, people um, often want the government to pay for so many things um, that I don't, as a Republican and just as a human, feel like they're good at doing a lot of things like what is there something you want specifically for them to be well i, um, I think outing? yeah i understand your question yes um off the top of my head recently uh, the republican party has uh taken money away from uh the uh, snap program you know food for uh people of of lower income they've also taken money away from um head start programs for children which which affect um, minority children more. So it's not just supporting those programs, but taking them away, actually, making it, putting less money into them. So those are, those are some programs that I can think of right off my top of my head. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Thank, thank you both. Um, and I, I just want to add in, you know, the, the brain science piece here, too, right, is that you know, as you hear someone express a political opinion that you disagree with, what your brain basically does is becomes your defense attorney, right? So mm -hmm. it begins to come up with immediate knee-jerk reaction reasons why the thing the person is saying is wrong. Mm -hmm. And, of course, sometimes the person is wrong. But the point is of doing the conversation this way rather than going back and forth on the merits of those points themselves is that if you start to go back and forth, you're just going to end up in defense attorney mode. You're not going to actually do what Christian just did, which is actually ask to better understand where a person's coming from. We can always go back to these issues, of course, especially as we build trust. But if you just go into this like immediate sort of let's debate the, the point, we end up just sounding a lot like the talking heads we see on TV, and we, we want to do better than that. 
Um, Kristen, why do you want to participate in a conversation with someone of the opposite party? What, what in your personal life or, or your perspective motivates you to do that? So I cannot stand the position that this country's in right now as far as the conflict. It's this constant us versus them or you versus me or I'm right, you're wrong. And somewhere along the way, we lost the fact that we have to have both sides. They were, our country was founded on checks and balances with two-party system, and right now it's definitely not working. And I, when Jill asked me to do this, um, I at first went, oh, gosh, here we go. But then I kind of stepped back and said, this is a worthwhile thing to do because we have to work together. This is the greatest country in the world hands down. And when I see people burning American flags or not appreciating the opportunities or taking advantage of the opportunities that we have in this country, I it, I scratch my head and I'm thinking, go somewhere else then. But really, I think we need to just do what we can to put this one, you know, back together. Great. Thank you. Um, Jill, do you want to ask any questions of that? Uh, well, I actually understand what you said and, and couldn't agree more because um, the toxic nature of our relationships has divided us so much that we're really at the cusp of losing our democracy. Um, I think that I think we can move on. Great. Um, do we have time for one more before the next break? We do. We have um, uh, two and a half minutes. Great. So, um, Jill, what would you want Republicans to know about um, you as a Democrat or about the Democrats that you're or in your friends or your family? Um, what, what would you want them to know that you think they might not be hearing from uh, the news sources that they watch? Well, I, th I think what I'd want them to know is that there's freedom that we have freedom here that no one else really has had uh, in the course of world history. And uh, there have been monarchies and dictators, and our democracy is a lot of work. Um, it's, you know, John F. Kennedy said, we're not going to the moon because it's easy. We're going to the moon because it's hard. And democracy is like that. It's self-governance and self-legislation are hard. But that's the mission of democracy. It'll never be perfect. Uh, and we need to be comfortable with that imperfection, but we can always make it better, you know, that more perfect union. And it's hard, I think, to get individuals only interested in themselves to participate in democracy that supports and creates the commons. And I think one thing that Republicans um, don't grasp completely is that democracy has, has the commons, things that are we join together to do, like the public uh, land that we have for national parks, or our water system, or the the infrastructure with roads and bridges, or uh, the sewer system. So when you flush the toilet, you don't have to know where it goes. You know, there are these, these commons. And in my view, I see Republicans trying to privatize all of that and make a profit off of what we've come together and what we've come together and purchased with our tax dollars for all of us to have. <clears throat> well, let me actually push you a little bit um, on the question, because I mean, all, and all of that is 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 um, I'm not questioning that. Um, 
the question, though, is really about what would you want Republicans to know about who you are as a Democrat? Well, you know, the, the things that, that you care about, um, what misconceptions do you think they might have about Democrats that you would want them to, um, to, to, to hear from you are not correct? Um, is there anything that, and, and really sort of more focused on how, how you see your group and your, your community as opposed to uh, your perspective of Republicans and their beliefs? Well, I think uh, Democrats, and I'm going to let us go over a couple of minutes here on our break, um, but I think for Democrats, uh, we're offended by the phrase, own the libs. I mean, what do you want to own us for? Why do Republicans want to own the libs? And we're trying to support social and economic equality. Uh, myself as a Democrat, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pay too much taxes or out of sight. But I see my taxes and paying my taxes as what uh, the price of a civil society. And I, and so I do have a problem with uh, the uber wealthy having, um, you know, one man like Jeff Bezos having 140 billion dollars. That's $140,000 million that's taken out of the economy. So that's, does that uh, answer your question a little bit, Andy? Absolutely, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Kristen, how about you? What would you want, I know since we're running up against the break, what would you want uh, Democrats and people listening who might be on the progressive side of the spectrum to know about you as a Republican or about your friends and family who are Republicans? My biggest thing as Republicans, I think we need to keep our freedom. Um, and I think slowly they've been chipped away, right? What we're able to do, um, the types of, um, jobs we're allowed to have, AB5, the types of, um, the ways we're supposed to raise our family and the accountability. Um, I think we need to own the fact that we have the right to change jobs if we're not happy in the jobs we're in. I think um, um, I am the best spender of my money, and if I can keep more of my money, then then I have the right to donate it to um, any kind of charity that I'm interested in. And I feel like the government isn't always that great at spending everybody's money. Um, I think that if you, you know, take the DMV, um, they do the best job that they can, but it's a big organization. And I think there's probably more efficient and effective ways to do jobs, um, not what the DMV does, but if you're talking about, you know, healthcare, for example, or, um, you know, things that probably are better privatized. Um, because the government just, they don't do anything quickly or economically efficient for the most part, in my mind. Got it. Thank you. Okay. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Be Bold America on KSQD 90.7 FM. Our topic is a Democrat and Republican talk number one, building trust and finding common ground. Talk number two will be Sunday, August 30th. We are speaking with my partners in making good trouble, Kristen Collishaw, chair of the Santa Cruz County Republican Central Committee, and Andrew Hanauer, president and CEO of the One America Movement, which is an organization founded to address divisiveness in American society. I'm your host, Jill Cody. 
Hi, I'm Tom Hartman, your host for Progressive Talk on K-Squid, 90.7 FM, community radio for the Central Coast, 4 p.m. weekdays. KSQD is a vital media resource for listeners in Santa Cruz and Monterey counties and worldwide on the web. Please help support this station by making a contribution to keep the station thriving. Go to ksqd.org and give what you can to help keep shows like mine coming to you daily at 90.7 FM. You know, with six large corporations owning most of the media, it's essential that listeners support grassroots, locally run radio stations like KSQD. Community radio is responsive to its listeners and isn't afraid to challenge the status quo. Please join me, Tom Harbin, in supporting K-Squid, 90.7 FM, community radio for the Central Coast, by making your pledge today online at ksqd.org. That's 90.7 FM, K-Squid. Catch me right here at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Thank you, and tag your it. And we're back to our bold and impressive guest. So, Andy, take it away. Great. Thanks, Jill. I, I want to note the, the shameless pandering the, that uh, you went after Jeff Bezos and the DMV. <laughs> that's, that's too easy, guys. You do it um, but everybody but, uh, knows well, them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, uh, I, when I first was uh, talking about starting an organization called One America that was trying to bring people together, someone said, well, what you need is a common enemy that everyone hates. And I said, well, isn't that the problem, right? That, that all we do is unite people by getting them to hate someone else. And they said, yeah, but you could call it the I hate Comcast organization and everyone would love you. So um, I did not take them up on that. Um, thanks so much, guys, again, for, for being part of this conversation. I want to ask you another question um, that sort of segues into this, this, this segment, which is, um, well, Kristen, we'll start with you this time. If you could change something about our politics right now, again, about our politics, not about the viewpoints of Democrats or, or about public policy, but about the nature of our politics, um, what would you change? I would definitely make it okay to reach across the aisle and work for the people again instead of just for a party. Absolutely. Um, Jill, do you want to yeah. ask any go, go ahead if you wanted to expand on that. Um. I just think that that's what's missing right now um, in our politics. Um, I think everybody starts off with good intentions, and maybe I should back in that by saying I think we should get rid of the pay-to-play um, part of politics as well, because I think the working-class people are the ones who are suffering the most right now. They're, you know, they're the ones who are often overlooked in all of things um, political and, you know, they can't necessarily afford to pay to play to get their way or get their business started or um, things like that. And America's suffering for it. Thank you. Um, Jill, do you want to ask any questions about that? Um, well, I just totally agree with that. Uh, the um, uh, I think campaign finance reform is necessary, but I don't know how it's going to be reformed with the politics we have. Uh, it's not working for the people um, that are, the, you know, of the middle class or even the, the uh, lower uh, income individuals. So trying to get it to work for us again, that's the struggle. Thank you. 
Um, Jill, what would you, do you want to add anything in terms of answering that question yourself? Well, if you could change something about uh, our politics, not about mm-hmm. specific policies, but about the nature, the, the climate in our country, um, what would you change? Climate. Well, the first thing that came to mind was that there are 400 bills sitting on uh, Mitch McConnell's desk, but all he's doing is appointing judges. And um, I don't think that creates a very good atmosphere, uh, knowing that an, a takeover of our judicial system is happening and nothing else is. So you want to see Congress be more, more constructive, more productive? Well, I want them to see them talk about and debate bills. Democracy is about debate. It is about compromise, and somehow the word compromise has been demonized. So I think that's one atmosphere or one change that I'd like to see is um, is not demonize the word compromise anymore. It's um, that that is a necessary aspect of democracy to two sides come together and and work it out and come up with something that they both can live with. It may not be everything we wanted at the time, but but it's something that moves this country forward or moves the uh, whatever issue that is, uh, something for children, head start. It moves it forward, makes it better, continuously improves it. But right now, nothing is happening in the Senate at all. Kristen, do you want to Well, isn't that, yeah, only because I think nobody's there. I think Pelosi and uh, Nancy Pelosi and her pal have said that it's too dangerous to be in Washington, D.C., so nobody uh, on the Democratic side was there in, from what, what I had been told and the way I understood it, um, that things weren't, they weren't able to do their jobs because um, they were voting from a distance. So I, I don't know for a fact if that's why he's holding those up or not, but that's what I would understand it to be, but. So this is, I think, a really good example, right? So um, uh, there, it, it matters um, what what uh, you know, Senate Majority Leader McConnell and, and Speaker Pelosi do. It matters who's right or wrong about what actions they're taking or not taking. Um, but it's also so easy to see how uh, a conversation where there is actually a lot of agreement about some core core issues, right? Like there's agreement about the need for compromise. There's an agreement about the need for constructive engagement for people to work together to make the country and the government better. But when we begin to get into a conversation that's actually about, well, whose fault is it? Is it Mitch McConnell's fault or Nancy Pelosi's fault? It becomes zero sum. Only one side can win. Um, Only one side can be right. And when you get to that place, again, regardless of who is actually right, the conversation uh, will never end up in a, in a very helpful place, right? It will, it will not go somewhere that where we can actually move forward. It just becomes this question of, well, which side is going to win? Um, so I want to take that sort of uh, that moment to sort of take this, this conversation that you're having right now and, and, and shift it slightly. So we've talked about what the climate in the country, we've, ta- we've talked about the issues in Washington, but I want to hear about in your own community, in your own personal world, when you, when you think about the divisiveness in the country or the climate or the, the, the atmosphere of sort of partisanship that you've both talked about, what are you seeing just in your own community um, that makes you hopeful or that makes you concerned? And, um, Kristen, I'll start with you. What a great question. Um, I think, well, 
there's a lot that concerns me in Santa Cruz County and in our state as well, um, because there aren't a lot of um, opportunities. Um, and granted, Republicans aren't represented very much in in Santa Cruz County um, in a couple of the cities, uh, Scott Valley, which is where I live, um, we do. Um, but what's concerning to me right now is the children and getting all the kids back in school. And obviously we have this COVID thing happening. Um, but what I don't want to see is the, I can't even be on social media because it's the fighting and the infighting and I'm right, you're wrong. Everybody has to put each other down. And I don't think that's healthy for a community, especially in a time of a pandemic where we all need each other. And when you're talking about families who may not be able to send their children back to school, um, we've got to come up with solutions as a, you know, small town, um, but with working parents and, you know, it's going to, we don't want it to become a socioeconomic problem. Like, if you can afford to have somebody tutor your kids, then, you know, you're better off than the people who can't, and then those children are left alone. So um, it's kind of a big, maybe that's a big answer to a smaller question, but um, that's my no. part right now is absolutely um, locally, um, I'm very, very concerned about our youth. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the, I mean, the, absolutely, like we have actual real challenges to face. I think sometimes there's this perception that the problem with people, people who are concerned about divisiveness just want us to all get along better and, and, and not talk about hard stuff. But I think from my own personal perspective, right, we have real challenges to face as a country and we're really bad at facing them when we spend all our time arguing with each other, um, and yelling at each other on, on Twitter. And so I, I appreciate your, um, concern about, you know, in the midst of a pandemic with all the situation around uh, people's health, their their jobs, and, of course, kids as the father of small kids. I'm pretty concerned about that myself. Um, we've got we've got real work to do, and uh, we can do it better if we're working together. Jill, how about you? What are you seeing in your own, um, your own circles, your own community, in mm-hmm. terms of the climate in the country that, mm-hmm. that concerns you or, or that gives you hope? Well, first I wanted to just say that um, you, your conversation reminded me of I won't get it exactly, I'm paraphrasing, Winston, Winston Churchill's quote where he said the Americans will eventually do the right thing after they've tried everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think for me, I, I look more at um, my neighbors. So, you know, I live in a, in a, um, uh, a few streets, there are two cul-de-sacs, and, and I know my neighbors... Um, uh, some of them are Republicans, and they don't wear the mask. You know, it's become a cultural issue somehow instead of a public health issue. And so we know that we can't talk to them. It's a it's a signal right away that, um, well, I can't mention anything about how I feel about masks. I don't want to get into an argument with my neighbors. We need to be there for each other. California is prone to wildfires. What if we had a wildfire? We need to work together. And I think it really stops um, uh, our ability to build relationships with, our, with just people right next door. 
And it's time for another break. (laughs) You're listening to Be Bold America on KSQD 90.7 FM. Many voices, one station. Listen worldwide online from ksqd.org's homepage. And the voices I'm speaking with today are Kristen Collishaw, a lifelong Republican, and Andy Hanauer with One America Movement. And the topic we're discussing today is a Democrat and Republican Talk number one, building trust and finding common ground. Join KSQD tonight at 6 p.m. for our monthly program, Reflections on Buddhism. Each program features a conversation between Patrick McGinn and the Venerable Tenzin, a local Buddhist nun and teacher. This month's topic is cultivating happiness amidst change and stress. How can Buddhism and psychology help us during difficult times? Tune in Sunday evening to find out. That's Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. on 90.7 FM, K-Squid. Many voices, one station. Now we're back with our bold and impressive guests. I'm your host, Jill Cody. And Andy, is there something that you would like to wrap up from that last conversation we just finished before we go into um, maybe some keep, stop, starts? Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, Jill, I think your your example is, so good because, um, you know, first of all, we talked earlier about the zero sum, right? Zero sum means if I win, you lose. If you win, I lose. There's only one outcome, uh, and it's not, it's not one where we have a shared future, right? A positive sum is we can both win. Um, masks are the ultimate zero sum, right? If you either wear them or you don't, and when we see that, we assume so many things about what that person uh, believes what that person's doing, um, their their actions, their morals, their their everything, and life and death is on the line, right? And so the the stakes are so high. Um, this is the the pandemic has really exacerbated the divisions in our society, in part because of things like that. It, it's made it so much more difficult. But folks, this is why this is so important. There again, there's no shortcut. There's there's no there's no plan B. We have to find a way to live together in this country. Um, and what we've started here today, I think, again, as a first step, um, is, is starting to, to, to model for, for the entire country um, how people who, who have many disagreements, which you've heard uh, a number of them today, can still both be part of um, building a shared future together for this country. Kristen, did you have anything you wanted to say before we get going into the Keep Stop Starts? Um. I actually, can I make a comment about this mask situation? Um, we actually did a beach cleanup yesterday as the Republican uh, of Santa Cruz County, and we were not wearing masks because we were outside, and I'm unclear if there was a mask ordinance that was signed in the county or the city that I missed, but we were outside. We all had our masks with us, that I did, um, in case, you know, we ended up needing them or we're too close together. And we got screamed at, and I am not kidding, screamed at Mm. by this couple. And I felt horrible because the last thing I want to do is create more fear for anybody else, which I feel like that's kind of the control. But um, I don't like that this no mask thing is a Republican issue versus I don't, it's very odd to me. And I guess I just needed to point that out. I don't, um, I'm a science person, and I am happy to follow rules if that's what makes everybody feel better. Um, I don't like the mask, but um, I get it. 
and we need to get rid of this entire situation. But I just find it funny um, that uh, masks are becoming political. Yeah. No, I think that's a great example, too, of where we're at. And I think the sad thing is that we can make anything political these days if we want to. I mean, really, everything can become just another way to further shove everyone into one of two camps. And as you just articulated, right, all these nuances, like as as Republicans, you were cleaning up a beach. That's going to be shocking to some people, right, uh, who might think that's not something Republicans would do, which is itself a problem that they would have that perception. And then number two, um, this concept that, that you had masks, masks on you, but you didn't feel you needed them outside. And and that even that level of nuance, right, of having masks on you, but maybe thinking you didn't need them in a certain moment <laughs> is, uh, is, is too nuanced for some folks. So um, it's, yeah, it, it's where we're at as a country right now. But we can do better. We can do better. Well, uh, you know, one thought I was thinking about that we should do the keep stop starts from our point of view i guess do you andy um and doing it separately you know are there some suggestions based on this conversation what you would recommend listeners keep doing yeah absolutely i would say keep fighting for what you believe in i mean again this is not about everyone becoming centrist or purple or compromising your deeply held values, I think we all need to keep standing up for what we believe in. I think that's what our country was built on. Um, so if you if you are out there and you think you can't, you know, march for racial justice or, or, or go to the March for Life or go to any other sort of thing where you have strong beliefs um, and also be part of bringing this country back together, no, you absolutely can. You can do both. Um, and I want to encourage people to keep standing up for their beliefs. Kristen, you have an idea of... Um what you'd like well, my, listeners to keep doing? Yes. Um, keep paying attention and keep believing that America is the best country in the world. There isn't a better one. Uh, and uh, I think from a Democratic point of view, I would, it's, um, I would want people to put their anger and maybe outrage from their point of view on the back burner uh, sometimes so that they can be open and hearing the other side uh, when something is being said that you might not agree with. Um, Andy, what should listeners stop doing? Um, yeah, they should uh, stop feeding the beast. I mean, mm -hmm. we have a, a polarization industry in this country, right, built on um, selling books, getting ratings, getting people to listen to your talk show, um, getting elected, raising money. And it's all built on getting us to hate each other. Um, and if you are feeding into that, if you're letting that industry um, take your money, get you to hate your neighbor, um, I would urge you to stop, to not allow yourself to be manipulated in that way, and, uh, and to take a different, a different path. Kristen. I love that, Andy. Um, I think we all need to stop having to be right. And, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's consequences to that. And I think we just need to be okay with other people's beliefs and stop the hate. And um, I guess those kind of go, those two go hand in hand, you know. 
Well, mine probably adds to that because, and I don't know how it would really work in day-to-day life if somebody has been, has a personality of judging everything and being opinionated, but I would say to try to stop judging uh, and others. Uh, One of my favorite Stephen Covey quotes is, be a light, not a judge, be a model, not a critic. And I think we often live on that um, judge and critic side and maybe try to proactively think about being on the model um, model side of it. Andy, what should listeners start doing? I, I love that, by the way, to, to model it instead of um, yelling at people to do it on Twitter. That's really, uh, oh, that's really novel. Um, so what should we start doing? We should start... Um, building relationships with other people, people who aren't like us, people who don't look like us, who don't worship like us, who don't vote like us. Um, I think it's really critical whether your agenda is to change people's mind, just legitimate, we all want to do it, um, or whether your agenda is to, uh, to try to build a, a better country, a more united country. You're not going to do that by arguing with people on social media. You're going to do it by building relationships, getting to know people, working with them towards a common goal, having shared values that you find through that process. Uh, it's hard work. It, it takes commitment, but it's, uh, it's the most meaningful work I've ever been a part of in my life. Um, and I'd urge others to start, start doing that themselves. Kristen. I love that. Um, I think... Um, we are all way more alike than we are different as human beings. And um, I would like us all to start checking our personal core values before we react. Does this match who the person I want to be? Does this match, you know, honesty, peace, you know, being present? Um, is this going to make somebody feel better or worse if I, you know, say something nasty or don't say anything at all? Um, so I would like everyone to start checking their yeah, personal values before they react. Is that really where we're, is that going to get us where we need to be as a person, as in a relationship or as a city, state, country? And to do that not only in person, but on social media, which uh, Andy brought up is so important. I have really enjoyed this conversation uh, so much uh, today, Andy and Kristen, and I'm looking forward to get back together again. I want to thank Be Bold America's program engineer, Emily Dunham, and give a huge thank you to our bold guests and my partners in Making Good Trouble, Kristen Collishaw, chair of the Santa Cruz County Republican Central Committee, and Andy Hanauer, president and CEO of the One America Movement and our moderator for today. And to my delight, they will both be returning on August 2nd, August 30th. Uh, Next on Be Bold America will be a national reckoning on racism. Former Governor Don Siegelman will return to Be Bold America because, as he put it, he has a few things to say about racism. Governor Siegelman, author of Stealing Our Democracy, is uniquely positioned to speak on this subject as a lifelong Alabama resident and as the only politician in Alabama history to hold all of the state's top constitutional offices, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and secretary of state. While holding these executive offices, he methodically removed symbols of racism in his state. 
He will be joined by Dr. Pettis Perry, leadership and management professor at Walden University to discuss racism and criminal justice reform from an African-American's point of view. We have big things to do. So please join me and these special guests on Be Bold America, August 2nd at 5 p.m. to discuss a national reckoning on racism. Our future depends on it. And another big thank you to Kristen Collishaw and Andy Hanauer. Want to listen to a program later? Find the Be Bold America podcast on KSQD website or at Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breakers, Radio Public, Overcast, and Pocket Cast. You're listening to KSQD Santa Cruz, Many Voices, One Station. Listen worldwide online as ksqd.org. Stay tuned for Reflections on Buddhism. My name is Jill Cody, and thank you for listening to Be Bold America. Until next time, keep, stop, start.